one of the, if not the, busiest guy in Springfield right now is Police Chief Kenny Winslow. He is running a police department in the midst of a national debate on policing, working to maintain the community's trust, and also to keep a handle on situations that can get out of control pretty quickly. None of this is new here in Springfield, but it is definitely coming together for the chief right now. And through all of that, he's taking a few minutes out to talk to us this afternoon. Chief Kenny Winslow, really do appreciate your time. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Well, I want to start with this issue of street parties, uh, an impassioned plea from a Springfield resident last night uh, about the fact that these large gatherings, hundreds of people have been forming in the late night and early morning hours in some east side neighborhoods and around Comer Cox Park. Uh, he uh, he said that he was told by a police officer the police were essentially directed to stand down uh, and not to try to break up these parties because the, the gatherings are so huge. You have vowed uh, more action about it this weekend. Walk us through a little bit about what you're uh, intending to do and how you hope this is going to play out. Well, first and foremost, you know, these block parties are nothing new. They've been going on for 25 years. The problem we have right now is that Typically, only a couple hundred people to 300 people. It's something that we've had to deal with when the bars close after hours for several years. And, in fact, we've worked with several businesses over the years, going back to the old Bombay Bicycle Club, Anastasia, Denny's, and several other locations to try to to deal with some of these issues. The issues we have now, though, is that there is no place for people to go. The bars are closed due to the COVID-19 situation. And then, additionally, we have to uh, the advent of social media. It's so easy for them to just change locations on us. And so when you set up a plan to try to address issues, they just get on social media and they change the location. And you're constantly kind of chasing your tail, trying to keep up with it and keep it out. And the other issue is, is the sheer numbers right now. The sheer numbers we're seeing, you know, several hundred people, you know. And when you're talking about having a, a department on a Friday or Saturday night that has 24, 25 officers and a couple supervisors, you know, three or four supervisors, to try to manage that and also handle calls for service and all the other issues that come up, it, it, it makes it hard. And even though we bring in extra bodies and stuff, the sheer volume of people makes it difficult, you know. And the thing we're all dealing with right now, you know, is the we all know about the tension between law enforcement and the communities across the nation. And the reality is that we have a, a good working relationship with our community. But to go into a crowd like that uh, with, you know, seven to ten officers when you're outnumbered 100 to 1, it's difficult, and so you don't want to be that spark that sets something off, but you also want to be able to contain it or control it for the uh, community. So this week, obviously, you know, we've had some issues in the past. We try to get out there and break it up ahead of time. People got to remember, actually, that the park is actually falls in the Springfield Park Police Jurisdiction. It's not ours, but we do work hand-in-hand with them to address issues there. We've been working with the park police as well as other resources to have a plan in place for this weekend where basically uh, we'll be out in numbers, uh, ahead of time, and uh, we'll be addressing whatever violations we have in those areas, and we're not going to we're going to do our best not to allow them to gather to begin with. Now, that's going to probably move the problem elsewhere. We understand that, and we'll have to have a uh, a mobile unit that can uh, address those issues as they pop up elsewhere. Because we've had them where they just take over entire streets. They'll take over a three or four block area. I was walking the neighborhoods like yesterday over around 15th and 16th and 17th and Edwards, and I was told by several neighborhood residents who said. The whole street's just jammed, parked, you can't move, so people just drive through our whole yards. They just start up on the sidewalk and drive through the yards, and that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with right now. 
Chief, you, you mentioned last night in responding to the gentleman that uh, y- there are things that, that you could do with uh, the help of, of residents, neighbors in the area. It says it might be inconvenient for them, and, and, and you hope they'll work with you on that. What did you mean by that? What are you talking about there? Well, we, we haven't told the neighbors yet, but obviously we're drafting a letter that we're going to deliver to them door to door here over the next today and tomorrow. Uh, but basically, we're going to shut down some roadways, and uh, we're going to do our best to ensure that these parties don't get started, especially in the neighborhoods where they've been a problem the last couple weeks. And that's going to cause some inconveniences. You know, if you don't live in that area, you're not going to be allowed to enter that area. And uh, that's some of the things we're looking at, you know, and some people are going to be like, they're going to get mad about it. But we need to do something to ensure that these people get a peaceful night's sleep. My heart goes out to Mr. Lewis and the fact that, you know, he, as well as a, uh, an elderly woman over there, uh, had had to live with this. I, you know, I know that I've had my command, my deputy chief of operations, talk to a young lady over there who's. Uh, we got video of them doing donuts in their yard. This cannot be tolerated. We have to have people out there. We have to have the community support that we need to do something about this. And that's part of what we're trying to do now. We're trying to put together uh, some some voices from the community that people may listen to that can go out there and say, look, these are not. These are not protests. These are, these are parties in the middle of the night that are disturbing and that often turn violent, you know. Uh, I'm dealing with a stabbing from this weekend on one of them. We had a homicide that resulted from people who were at the party. We've uh, had, I got two unsolved homicides over the last five or six years resulting to these types of parties, you know. Uh, we've had three people shot in the last month at these types of parties. We can't continue to to, you know, uh, allow this to behave, to occur, because not everybody there is doing these things, but it always seems to be that somebody turns to violence. And it's never good to have that many people drinking and, uh, you know, uh, getting to maybe smoking and doing whatever else they might be doing. It only takes a few to ruin it for everybody, you know. And when somebody pulls out a gun and starts shooting, those bullets don't have names on them, and we could have a real bad situation. So we need to convince the community that, these are not a good thing, and we need the community support for them. Because if we go in there, you know, um, you know, i got to be honest, you know, my guys are leery right now. My guys and girls are leery right now because uh, if we go in there, we may have to use force. You know, we don't want to do that. That's the last thing we want to do. But we need the community support, and we need the city council support and the mayor's support that if we have to, that they're going to back our officers on the fact that we're doing what you're asking us to do. Police Chief Kenny Winslow is here with us live this afternoon. Uh, Chief uh, Alderwoman Turner mentioned one of the problems is businesses that have allowed these large crowds to congregate, too. And and as you noted, we had a homicide uh, over this past weekend at uh, a business that is open uh, nearly 24 hours. Do we need more restrictions on that? I mean, certainly these all-night convenience stores uh, can be very useful uh, for a lot of folks, but they have also, some of these businesses have become uh, a source of uh, potential problems uh, when crowds gather there. Uh, are you talking with the mayor about uh, additional restrictions to try to eliminate some of that? I have. I've talked to uh, both Alder persons, Alderman Gregory and Alderman Turner, as well as the mayor and corporation council about that. We've been working on that. Um, you know, I never want to try to inconvenience somebody or shut down their business, but the bottom line is that we've got multiple calls at a lot of these types of uh, uh, gathering spots. And prime example, you know, I don't want to call it a certain business by name, but we have one uh, convenience store that has historically been a problem that we have in excess of probably 50 to 100 calls a year on that deal with just these types of issues. And they have parking for maybe 25 
cars on our lot, but you should have 60 cars on our lot, you know, and then nobody can move, nobody can go elsewhere. So, uh, you know, we have to definitely take a look at that. Um, you know, I'm in support of doing something with those. I don't want to make it a blanket across the board because it's not everywhere. And to their defense, a lot of times, you know, it's just people in our parking lot. And when you get that many people, they don't, they don't address it either. So we have to address these issues. We've had to break these up. And I know there's been some viral videos over the years about these fights that occur at these late-night parties, whether it's these convenience stores or even some of the restaurants that we've had, you know. So uh, we have to do something. I think it's definitely worth looking at all options and putting all options on the table. Uh, Chief, you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, if officers have to go in, if things do start to turn violent, you need to know that the community uh, has your back on this. Uh, do, do you and your officers feel that that is the case, that you would have the support of the community? And also, you know, you've got the, the body cams that would, you know, serve as evidence of, of what you did and presumably would show if, if things were done uh, the right way. So, so do you feel confident that uh, if you have to make those tough calls, you'll be able to do so? Well, that brings me back to the whole thing about law enforcement and policing. Policing is an ugly profession. I've said all along, and something we teach in our Citizen Police Academy, and we teach at different events that we host around the, uh, the city throughout the year, use of force is always ugly. It's always ugly. You can't put somebody on the ground and it be pretty. You can't mace somebody and make it look pretty. Uh, but if the force is justified, then we need the backing of our community for that. And our goal is not to go into these places and use force. Our goal is not to go into these places and, uh, you know, try to escalate the situation. It's always to try to de-escalate it. And, uh, you know, again, you know, there's some definitely some leeriness on officers in their part right now to, to take action. You know, sometimes it's better to monitor. I had conversations today with another chief uh, from Central Illinois who's dealing with the same issues. And we were bouncing ideas off of each other today about, hey, how are you going to handle this? Are you going to handle this? Because they kind of took a hands-off approach and ended up getting four people shot. And, uh, uh, you know, so, again, these are difficult times for law enforcement, difficult times for our community. But we need people to respect each other, respect their neighbors, respect the residents who live in those areas. And those are just not the appropriate locations to do these kind of events. I don't know what the answer is. You know, I've had people say, well, can you give them a location? Well, the city doesn't own a location. And then, again, if you do that, do these same problems pipe up where after a couple hours somebody says something to somebody they don't like or they do something that disrespects somebody, and next thing you know you have a fight that turns to a stabbing, possibly to a shooting. That's not something that the city can uh, accept that liability and sanction, So, at least not in my opinion. So I think the key right now is people need to realize that we are in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, you know, you're over there endangering yourself as well as others when you leave there. And that this is just not the right time. You know, I'd rather people stay home at their houses, you know, and if you want to have four or five people over, do a little close-knit barbecue or something like that or do something different. But these big street parties of seven, 800,000 people, is not, it's just not safe. Chief, you've heard the discussion going around all over the country, defund the police, really talking about should we be diverting some resources to things like mental health, substance abuse, some of the contributing factors to the problems that you're talking about there, kind of a restructuring of police. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Is is there some uh, validity to the talk about should we kind of reshape what we expect police officers to do and what maybe should be done by other agencies or other people? Well, you know, and I'm open-minded to some of that because, you know, as law enforcement, every time there's a societal ill that the legislators can't fix, they pass a law and put it on our plate, and then they expect us to deal with it. And we got to come up with training and a process to deal with it. And, you know, 
it doesn't matter whether it's mental illness. I have 91 officers who are trained in uh, at CIT with advanced mental health training because it gets thrown on our plate. I had to develop a homeless outreach team because homelessness got thrown on my plate. We just did a safe passage program because addiction's thrown on my plate. These are all things and other quality life issues that the police department and law enforcement around the country get tasked on them. People don't realize how good the Springfield Police Department is and how progressive we are and all the things that we have done to try to do that and deal with that. And uh, every time we get a problem going on, we try to resolve it. And to be honest, departments from around the state reach out to us about how we are doing things and what are we doing to address these issues. Uh, it, it's not easy. It's not easy to some of these issues. You know, i got to be honest. I, the Springfield Police Department can't solve the homeless problem. I tell everybody all the time this is a community problem, but who does everybody call when there's a homeless guy sleeping in their doorway, who do they call when there's people urinating or defecating, you know, on a, a, a roadway or an alleyway or et cetera? It's the Springfield Police Department who they call. Who do they call when somebody's in a mental health crisis and in turn by the community is acting unstable or weird and uh, they're armed with a knife or they're, you know, suicidal or they're uh, homicidal? Who do they call? They call the police department. You know, same thing when it comes to people who are suffering from addiction. Who do they call, whether it's alcohol or substance abuse? You know, we have been at the forefront in developing programs to try to assist our community and resolve some of these problems or at least mitigate them. Uh, we cannot solve any of those three problems as a police department alone. Uh, but there's nobody else out there doing We have a co-responder program that we have with Springfield Mental Health where they come out and they help us when we're dealing with mental health issues, as well as the psych response team for Memorial. They come out and help if we need them. Um, but when you have somebody who's in crisis, it may be 2 o'clock in the morning. It may be 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You need somebody who can get there quickly and do it. And unfortunately, these calls are very dynamic. They're rapidly evolving. And our officers have to make split-second decisions, split-second decisions that may save their life or somebody else's life. And uh, what you're seeing going around the country right now is I don't think a lot of that's being taken into consideration when you hear all the talk about qualified immunity and the taking away of that. But if they wanted to take some of that off our plate, start a mental health, call, uh, mental health team or something that comes out here to help us with that, I'd be good with that. If people remember, this year we put in our budget to hire a, uh, a, a mental health professional or a counselor to help us with homelessness because we know at the police department we don't have all the ob all the answers or resources. So that's what I want to do with that position. But right now, due to COVID and not knowing what the city budget is going to look like, you know, we're waiting until September when we get the uh, the tax revenues in and we get our uh, biannual or semiannual uh, report about what the budget looks like. Because if I got to cut something, I don't want to hire somebody and then have to lay them off. You know a couple months later. So those are all things that we're looking at. But it all goes to the progressiveness that the Springfield Police Department has and how we try to look outside the box to solve problems. Chief, one last question for you. I know there's been, uh, uh, over the years, we've had a, a civilian uh, review or oversight panel. It, it was created with a lot of fanfare a number of years ago, but honestly, we don't hear really anything about it now. Is that panel still functioning? Is, is, it, is it active? Is it working? Can we do more with it? How, uh, what's the relationship between the department and that panel? Well, the PCRC doesn't fall underneath the police department. It falls under community relations. It is active. They only hear cases when we don't sustain a case. So uh, I think it shows the fact that we hold our people accountable when they mess up. And then if somebody doesn't like the uh, – if we, if we don't sustain a case and we find it unfounded, then they have every right to uh, appeal it to the PCRC. That uh, committee has been in place. Uh, they had a case scheduled about a year ago, I think it was, and the gentleman didn't show up, so it was closed out. I think we only had two cases ago in the time I've been chief in seven years uh, that come up. But, I mean, again, you know, I think that just shows that we do hold our people accountable. And then, um, you know, people can go there if they want to go there. They can appeal the case there if they want to appeal the case there. 
but the truth is that they just don't get a lot of work. They don't get a lot of stuff, you know. And, uh, you know, we got a, a great group of volunteers who sit on that. Uh, and, again, it don't fall underneath the Springfield Police Department. It falls under community relations. But I believe there's five people right now. I think there's two openings. And I know that they're trying to fill those openings. Uh, but, again, I think it just goes back and shows, you know, that we do handle our business when we mess up, you know. Now, people may not always agree with what the punishment is, that kind of thing. But you're going to have that. So, but I think it shows that when our guys and girls do mess up, that we do hold them accountable. Springfield Police Chief Kenny Winslow, greatly appreciate your time. Thanks again. Thank you, sir. Bye.